Hello and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts Greg, Mike, and I'm sticking with Shaft. Why it works Mice. better. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. Hail face, brother. All about red man. This most Okay, I see you found your little mixer board. Well, no, it's not. I just didn't feel like hooking it up. Okay. Is it you? I know you wouldn't recognize it, Richard, because it's Native American stuff, as opposed to. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, no, he, he's you know he's got this uh, he's got his engine card now, but he knows nothing about the culture. So he, he's, I'm sure he knows something. He's just cracking me. One up. or two things. Uh, tell <sighs> me, Michael, would you recognize Hungarian music if you heard it? Yes. Thank you. I mean, he might recognize, oh, that sounds like Native American music, but he wouldn't know which tribe it was from. It's not, you know. There's 500 nations out there. It's not my problem. Did you watch the Kevin Costner show? Why is, why is, why is Shaft's volume all of a sudden really low? He's whispering. I don't know. I don't know. Is this better? A little bit. Can you, can you, can you actually face the microphone? Oh, you know what? Oh, there. I wonder if that was going to happen. <laughs> That sounded much better. Another okay, I I know what's going on here. Oh, good. Okay, I'll fix it. Hey, but you know what I forgot to mention last time we recorded, and it's just a congratulatory pat on my own back. But um, you know, we had to do a project at school where we took a trailer or a film, I should say, and recut a trailer to change its genre. Okay. Like I, I'm not sure. Have you ever heard of Scary Mary? No. It's a Mary Poppins yes, trailer a recut to be a horror film. Okay. Oh, it's great. It's one of the it's one of the better ones out there. Um so I recut Galaxy Quest, <laughs> took it from comedy to more of a sci you know, a typical sci fi thriller. And I thought it was actually a rather good cut. I do say so myself. It was rather good. Enough that it uh jumped up to seventeen thousand views on YouTube fairly quickly now with that i must give some thanks to somebody in florida um who has you know a fairly redneck name of earl <laughs> he happened to mention it i guess to a uh, sci-fi writer blogger friend of his and the guy posted it on his website set and said something like jj abrams style recut of you know this or that so there was enough comments to say not enough lens flare for J.J. Abrams, but good cut anyway. <laughs> I'd go see this movie. But it was kind of funny that the, a lot of the comments went down the line of more lens flare. <laughs> he better not kill Star Wars. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, so anyways, I just thought I'd mention that. So if anybody wants to go out there and see that, just uh, I think you can find Imaginary My Way or Greg, you know, whatever. Uh, so. Okay. I just oh. looked up uh, Galaxy Quest on... Uh, YouTube, I found it that way. It was yeah, a little, do that and say Galaxy Quest alternate trailer or something like that. You find it. It's rather good. Okay. If I do say so. so. Um, okay, official pat on your own back. Alternate okay, trailer. For? Here it is. Oh, he's going to it right now. Well, why not? Yeah. Yeah, I see it. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch it after. Uh, after we're done. Yeah, you should because, because I'll, if I do it now, 
I'll check out for the minute and 20 that it's on. <laughs> but there's nothing actually wrong with that either. No, what are you saying? The Omega-13 Prophecies, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, like I said, it is it is rather good. Um, now, if you wanted to, you know, it would be quite easy for me to, uh, um, how would you say? Yeah, it's got 17,608 views right now. You want me to- With Dell's XPS 12. Um, what was that? That was my uh, pre-ad running on the, the tray. So watch. Don't skip the pre-ad, okay? Um, okay. Trying to make some money okay. here. Okay. But I think uh, YouTube is screen. It's it's been monetized, but um, for whatever reason, it wasn't hooked up to AdSense, and I, they better go back and fix it because I'll be pissed if I don't make that money. All two dollars. You heard about the device, the Omega Thirteen? Aren't you already just wanting to go watch it? No, that's me. He's spoiling it for me. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll just let you know that I totally ripped all the soundtrack away. Every every sound effect you hear, every vocal you hear has all been re-edited in. So Okay. Anyways, moving on. Um All right. So announced the Avatar thing. Is that what you really wanted to talk about? Not necessarily. Oh, okay. We, talk we, about- a, we have an email, maybe we should just get out of the way then. Uh how old is it? Uh, October tenth. Oh, the Get Line episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You want to you want to do that real quick? Sure. Okay. Dear Mike, Greg, and Geronimo, or Tonto, or Shaft, whichever, uh, whatever gets your thing going, you know. (laughs) I want to hear a thing about your thing. In regards to your episode, Get In Line. See, I never know what Mike's gonna. Richard doesn't either. We never know what he's gonna name them. So sometimes people say, "Remember that episode, Get In Line?" No, not really. Uh, tell me more. Yeah. Uh, so we don't always know. It comes uh, to me later. Yeah, I bet it does. In regards to your episode, <laughs> Get In Line, you discussed a recent article that was written on the Daily Mail website regarding the condition of Disneyland Paris. Firstly, the Daily Mail loves to create a story and will go to a, go any lengths to make a story more appealing to readers. Those are quotes. Create and readers are in quotes. Just as last week, they have sunk to new depths, even for them. And broke into a private funeral service of a relative of a high-level politician just to get a story. I think that gives you an idea of the type of newspaper slash website this is. I think the phrase, take it with a pinch of salt, applies to this organization. We British love a good moan. I wonder if that's joke. I wonder if that's a colloquialism for joke. Ah. We British love a good moan, especially when it comes when it has anything to do with the French. I also think there are a lot of bitter people whom are upset that the UK didn't make the shortlist for the location of Euro Disney. Any opportunity to knock this park is taken by the select few and probably the reason why a petition has been started. While Disneyland Paris isn't my first choice in Disney destination, it is not that far behind Walt Disney World in terms of park maintenance. Where it does fall down is its quality or lack of customer service. This for me is a culture thing that is slowly changing at Disneyland. I think that you would still get this issue in most places in Europe as being polite doesn't come natural to most mainland Europeans. Thanks for taking the time to read the email and keep up the great work with the podcast. Kind regards, Chris Dangerfield, no relation to Rodney. 
<laughs> That's funny. Also, I like that he said uh, this. I've never heard someone use this term before. Um, mainland Europeans. So I guess the, those on that little island, island. don't want to be mixed up with the other Europeans. Are the non-English speaking Europeans? Could be. But I, I do find that. So we were basically reading a, a rag. You know, a, a uh, what would what would be the ones that National are, Enquirer, maybe? National Enquirer, maybe, yeah, something like that. You know, or the Tattler or, or whatever. Well, we kind of talked about that. We kind of su- suspected as much when we were reading through it. I don't remember if we did, but we really just thought maybe they just didn't, they had a hard-on for Disney or something. But um, So anyways, what, what's what been happening in the world? Well, you don't know, Richard. Mike, what's been happening in the world of Disney <laughs> the last couple I, since we've talked. I don't know. I haven't paid that much attention. I know there's a big, uh, well, D23 had their first expo overseas, right? Okay. Now, and, there's there's a good question. Expo, um, I thought Anaheim was supposed to get the first four D23 expos, but I did read they had their first ever in Japan. So is that just in addition to the four or the four years passed and we only got three because we skipped a year? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm me either. <sighs> I, I don't. D twenty three is me, fun. I, know nothing. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, it's 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 nowhere near you know a comic con or a, any of the other cons. It fell far short for me. They're I, trying to make it that way. I know that. But. Well, they, I'm sure they would like it to be that way, but they've got to get. I don't know. You know, it, it, Disney's big, but is it big enough to? You know, there's so many varieties. Let's say of um, fans. You know, you have ones that are strictly theme park, some that are strictly films, some you know, and then there's some that are all. Um, can you be everything for a Disney fan in one of these kind of places? I mean, Comic Con's got a good variety. Disney participates at Comic Con. I don't know. I, I just was you know hopeful, but not hugely impressed by the first one, first and only one uh, that I've been to. So. I, you know, here's the thing. I don't know if they know what they they want to do with it. Well, because because they never do the same thing twice. Yeah, I know. In the first couple of years, based on a person I knew on the inside, was saying that you, you you're quite right. They really weren't sure. Um, they didn't have a good clear vision. And then when they skipped a year, I think you got to take momentum and run with it. You don't take momentum and say, oh, let's take a year off. Oh, granted, maybe there wasn't that much going on in the park, so you have to create excitement. Uh, with your films and your parks, and you, you, you know, there's got to be something to tell the fans. If not, create something. You know, um, I don't know. I, I was that's that's just kind of my thought. It's like you got to keep the momentum going. Well, the one thing I always noticed with it, it that I was always questioning, kind of concerned when you deal with something like Comic Con or any other convention for that matter, you have the person that's putting the convention together, the, the couple main hosts. But you have a lot of third-party entities. They all have their displays and all have this stuff, that their wares that they want to come in and be a part of the convention. In this, you have a single company that's putting together, being host, and also is the single company that's putting out there. Granted, there are a few people that are getting their booths here and there, but it's not – I just haven't seen it, the diversity like you see at a Comic-Con <laughs> or another convention. Well, what I what didn't – What are you doing? What? Is that piano music I hear? Yes. Okay. It's it's smooth federation. Oh. The sounds of. Are you trying to are you trying to build a uh, 
Like a jazz lounge vibe here or what? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was actually kind of disappointed by some. Yeah, of the I get to be half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that's gonna okay. happen. Um, someone's real proud of something. Exactly. <laughs> well, he does drive a big, huge SUV, so he might be overcompensating. Oh. Um, I was real disappointed by the third parties. And I was disappointed by the first party, you might say. I didn't think Disney itself had enough. And some of the third parties were, quite frankly, the same. I don't want to call them scumbags, but <laughs> the, the same. You know, I've had some conversations with people lately on Facebook where I, you know, I have to reflect and make sure that I'm not being what I'm telling other you know, or making comments about some other people. But some of the same people who might be taking advantage of fans as far as pricing or, hey, no longer available in the park. Ring, ring, Richard. Hey, can you go see if this is available? Oh, yeah, we still have this here. Of course, yeah. And that happens a lot at the Disneyana conventions that I've been to. And, you know, I've seen things sell for two or three times the price of what they originally were in the park. Now, okay, supply and demand. People are willing to pay for it? Fine. Most of that stuff I've seen... I saw, well, in fact, a year, I'm, I'm making comments because based on that year I've been to the Disneyana, same vendor, different show now at D23, same stuff, same prices. So, you know, if you're willing to carry your merchandise inventory that long, trying to get that high price versus, you know, something more reasonable and move your merchandise, you know, I don't know. You're, you're, I mean, you're not setting the bar for Disney. You know, oh, I, I can't let that go because I would just undermine the, the whole business of, you know, people selling this stuff. No, it wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I really, that's what disappointed me in the third parties. I think they should have been a little more thorough in vetting who they allow in there. So, so you, you go into Comic-Con, I mean, there is stuff for sale. I mean, especially in the comic book area. But it seemed like in my first D23, it's like that's kind of all it was on one side you know you had the big imaginary area that was very cool you had the disney store of course with a line going out of it because it had because it had event specific merchandise correct and then there was some um you know all all of the other vendors and the really cool stuff like the stuff i really wanted was the replica uh kind of 30s 40 furniture that were modeled after some stuff uh walt disney had had it was just outrageously priced. In fact, I don't even know if they produce it anymore. But it was something they had out at that one. I thought, I love this kind of Art Deco look. Yeah, but it was I just... Think, I think yeah. the term... Is it Art Deco, really? Or is it more like mid-century modern? Might have been both. But some of it looked Deco to me. But, you know, there's a, probably a fine line there between <laughs> some of that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways... Um, that's just my comment going back. But so moving on, there's a D23 in Japan. And what are they, you know, what's kind of odd to me is what are they talking about in Japan? Oh, we're talking about Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yeah, in Florida. Though, I, and I will find it. Um, there was an article about uh, something they're doing at, to- oh, not Tokyo, but uh, Hong Kong Disneyland too, as the article said to shore it up for its underperformance. I didn't see that. Uh, da, da, da. Find it. It's not in here. It's, it was in LinkedIn. Oh, okay. So let's finish up on this. Did you notice that the, the first piece of art, some might run and jump and say, hey, there's a hidden Mickey in there. Yeah, the floating mountains. Yeah, yeah. 
Just I love the I'm, hidden Mickey's. Everybody's always looking for hidden Mickey's that they forget to look at the picture. Yeah, well, I, I you know how people are. They find some circles that are kind of close to each other, and oh my god, there's a hidden Mickey. Uh, it's, I think it's almost become comical in some of it, but anyways, it, the artwork, it looks very cool, but you know, the artwork for the new Tomorrowland looked pretty darn awesome, too. Yeah. <laughs> you, which, which Tomorrowland are we talking about? Um, the one when they went Jules Vernish. Oh, uh, so you're talking about the Paris version, then? No, 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 Disneyland. When they, they kind of did the retro thing at Disneyland, playing Nin- think gold. 1998, the, the, the failure, the Tomorrowland 98 yeah, failure? Yeah, it might be that one. Okay. When, yeah. you, when you can control the light, which you know artists love to do, I mean that's really a sign of a good artist. It's how they can deal with light and composition. And I'm sorry, Greg, you got to turn the music off. It's becoming really distracting to me. You because you, you can't concentrate. You want to listen to it? No, I'm no, I'm concentrating on what you're talking about. But every now and then the piano pops in there. It's like, what the hell is that? Oh, never mind. Okay, pay attention. All right. So, you know, we know how artists are. You know, it's all a bunch of composition, the lighting, and this stuff looks awesome. Can it look that good when you're walking through it? I don't know. Okay, so did you watch the video? All right, so let's let's no, bring, I, everybody, I, bring everybody I up to speed. I watched the video. Okay, so D23 Expo in Japan was over this last weekend, October 12th through the 14th. And the Disney Parks blog... Wait, where's the video? I, I'm seeing four pictures. I don't even see a video. Is there a uh, link? Pass right over. Video it's the the parks blog update dated today, October fourteenth shows has a three minute thirty five second video. No, I'm looking at the one posted on the twelfth. Yeah, no, you need to go to the more recent one, and then um, so like if you click home for the Disney Parks blog, it should take you straight to that. Okay, why why will when we get kind of past because aren't is it showing these art uh, art renderings again? No, it shows uh, James Cameron introduces. He says, you know, he's talking to the D23 Expo attendees in Japan and that they're working on Avatar 2 and 3 now. And for the last two years, they've been working, uh, Lightstorm and Walt Disney Imagineering have been working together to create Avatar Land and Animal Kingdom. Then it switches to Joe Rohde giving a talk about and showing pictures okay. of them building models. And I, I will, I'll scrub through this a little bit while we're talking okay. but i will go back and watch it so it sounds like they're gonna film two and three together smart move yeah and then so um yeah so the that the parks blog entry for today just basically introduces the video and repeats what they said on the 12th so um pandora you know they're gonna be able to walk through it i think they're gonna take some of the river that goes around discovery island and make that some avatar ride as well well, you know, that's where I was unsure. Um, and one, let's just start with the first image. You got a family walking into uh, Pandora, yeah. right? Now, hang on a quick sec. The video shows this same picture at night. Nice. And, and like, the little bulby flowers off to the right there, they're all lit up. And then the walkway where they're stepping lights up, like, where they're stepping on the ground. Because I wonder, you know, what, what, what I'm getting at is... We know how Disney likes to put up little rails so you don't go trampling through areas you're not supposed to. So, again, you're looking at an artist rendering that... You don't see any rails, yeah. Little metal rails, all the things that are not Pandora, but you just got to do when you got a theme park, um, which is why I think sometimes it feels like it's falling apart. How How much do you bet, though, that the Flying Banshees 
could be something like a soaring. It's either going to be like a soaring or a simulator. How else would you? It's going to be soaring. I think it's going to be soaring. They showed they showed some dudes standing up like circle vision with rails. Okay, because my other thought was how they do uh, Harry Potter. I haven't been on it, but it's been described enough to me that I got a pretty good understanding uh, of how that's done. So you know that could also uh, be a possibility. Um, the thing is that they're talking this would be done in four years, 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're going to show, you know, the floating mountains and... Uh, I'm wondering how they plan on the floating mountains out in the middle of... Well, I th- okay, so you know all these mountains have, like, uh, vines and crap hanging off of them? That, that'll be the support. So. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, there's not going to be there's not gonna be actually anything ever fully disconnected from the ground. Obviously, no, obviously I, right? Yeah, but you, just, <laughs> you, you know, hearing that and seeing it realized two different things, you know. Yeah, and there's a... Okay, so now you're looking at the pictures, right? One of the pictures shows, like, the Tree of Life lit up like the... Well, that, that's that's some... I, I'm understanding that's connected, but something else. Because you're talking about some new live entertainment. Um, yeah, uh, I, I. but I'm just saying they have the Tree of Life lit up like that tree in Pandora. Kind of like the Pandora tree. Yeah. You know, and, and quite frankly, considering what's there now, I don't think that would be a big deal. Uh, but at that point, are you selling the entire Disney Animal Kingdom as kind of Pandora? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, but th- go ahead. I'm sorry. I, well, you know, that tree. You know, you go by that tree if you're doing the water ride. If the train, or if they're putting the putting some sort of Pandora experience around the water, then they have to light that up. But it just turns a. I think it turns a park into something else at night. Is probably how they're going with it. Well, that's that's something I want to get to, but. Yeah, I guess this could be on the river, or it could be its own building, because that is not really clear. Um, it just talks about a nighttime jungle or jungle of bioluminescent plants. Yeah, I guess they could do it to the whole river. I was kind of bummed when I went there. The river attraction was already closed. It was no yeah, longer. It didn't last long, did it? <laughs> no, I guess not. But you know, it had been open a while before. I got a chance. I was there in two thousand. When did it open? Was that right? Ninety eight. No, 2005. It opened so, in 98. So, now Richard uh, went there in like 2000. He went there pretty quick. Yeah, but he didn't write everything, so who knows? Richard? Yes. He's already did, checked did, out. Did you, I think because he's still playing music. He can't be that distracting. He loves that soundtrack. Well, that could be why. He, what soundtrack was it? It's The Incredibles. That's a great soundtrack. Um, did you were the boats on around Discovery Island running when you first visited Animal Kingdom? Uh, when I got to Animal Kingdom, they were already down. They were already shut two, down. Two years later, yeah. you went there two thousand, right? Uh, we were there. What was it? Two thousand and one. Two thousand one. Okay. Years. Two thousand one, and we were there. I want to say two thousand two or two thousand three. But in 2001, when we were there, the boats were already shut down. Interesting. Hmm. What I'm liking, though, is I've only been in that park one time after dark. Every time I've been there, it closes before it gets dark. And we, we had one extra, I think it was an extra magic hours. And Stayed open till 8, yeah. It was great because I, I wanted to see that park at night. It's 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 like a different place. Never seen it at night. The, the times I've been there, we always managed to not get there on a late night day it's something i think it's something you should see it's you know, oh yeah it's on the list of things i want to do but it's very cool but what i'm liking though is um 
you know, they're they're also billing this as the largest expansion in the history of the park. And that's not saying a whole lot for that park. Um, but they talk about some new nighttime shows, live music, floating lanterns, water screens. I, I kind of see that big lake area that's not used over by Everest getting their, you know, maybe a small version of uh, whatever we call this one over at Disneyland now. World or, of Color or Fantasmic or? Well, I see kind of a World of Color thing maybe going, especially if it's all this like uh, neon and photo luminescence or whatever they were saying. Bioluminescence. Bioluminescence. I can see all that working in very well because they're talking about swirling animal um, uh, imagery and a combined to bring the show to Discovery River, which will delight our guests. Yeah. Truly cap off there. Um, also, a new nighttime version of Kilimanjaro Safari. Now, I was there never a nighttime version? Or I don't think so. Gina track, so maybe they're just putting some lights out so we can see the animals. Uh, a new version. I mean, obviously it's the same ride, but maybe with lights or something, you know. New nighttime version. I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't, I maybe I think, it's a shortened version. Maybe they got a little cut off. Okay, we don't go through this area. Well, okay. So you know, they pride themselves on being you know an animal conservancy and that their animal care is top notch, and they try not to exploit the animals too much or whatever. But setting up lights on that on mm-hmm. that safari to light up animals disturbing their natural nighttime some of them are probably more nocturnal than they are daytime yeah but they so they don't want okay so but the lights will bother them right if they light up the thing with they'll have the trail with lights i don't know what they're going to do yeah Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear more about that um so i think this is uh good news i i think all those naysayers though you know but it looks like it's maybe one ride and then i think like you're saying maybe the maybe the the boat existing boat area becomes this this other thing maybe they build some you know stuff over certain portions of it who knows but i i i'm actually back to being excited about this again i kind of when i saw the announcement i thought oh it didn't die yeah yeah like lots of people were hoping (laughs) oh i know some people in our little podcast community were hoping for a you know grizzly into that so maybe not grizzly but they were hoping for an end to it now I hear Indiana Jones. So who? Somebody was about to break in on me when they, and I kept going. So what? What? Oh, I got. No, it. I was just gonna say you were talking. You were talking about the lights. I was just gonna say, well, you know, you got San Diego Zoo has their Zufari at night, and they have uh, something similar over at what used to be called the Wild Animal Park, which I can't remember. It's San Diego Zoo Animal Park or something, but they have their nighttime stuff there and. Uh, from what people have told me on that, you actually get to see a little bit more different activity because some animals actually get a little bit more active at night than they do during the daytime, and it's a different world when you see it at night. I totally agree. I, I, I still remember the first time I saw the boardwalk area. It was at night. We had taken My son and I had taken the boat from Epcot. And I think we were we were going to go over to Disney Animal Kingdom or Vice or which or not I mean sorry the uh, Disney MGM, so we were either one way or the other. And I we we floated through there and I'm like Jesus Christ this is cool. Went to it in the daytime well, not quite as cool. dead yeah it's, it's still it's, pretty nice but it was you know it was so not the same yeah the lighting and that to be your first impression. Um, it's almost like going, you know, somewhere in LA and it looks great at night and then you get there with the lights on, you're like, Ew. everybody's hung over. Yeah. It's got that. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a vibe of like the morning after. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, 
Well, not that bad, but it looks it's, so. It's like you said earlier. It's when you have absolute control over the lighting. You you can make anything look like a complete wonderland when you have control of the lighting. But during the daytime, when you get the sun up, just don't have the control, and it just doesn't quite have the same magic. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, like Larry Miller, that's God's own flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, I say I've said that for years about Disneyland. I like Disneyland at night a little bit more than. Well, yeah. I like it. You know, it just has a different flavor at night than it does at day because the lighting's all completely oh, I, different. I totally, I think all the parks, quite frankly, are are better at better night. Better night, yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. Uh, okay, ready to move on to the thing I was telling you about Hong Kong? Or we got any more? Uh, no, you go ahead. Avatar to death. All right. So the article was. Uh, it came from the New York Times International Business with Reuters edition, and it was posted to one of the uh, LinkedIn groups I follow. And it was uh, entitled, To Lift Hong Kong Park, Disney Deploys Iron Man. And they've got a picture of guests riding the Mystic Point ride, which looks pretty cool. And so I'll, I'll read and try to paraphrase and not get too detailed. <coughs> but they're saying Iron Man has proved its might at the Chinese box office. So Disney is betting that the Marvel superhero has enough muscle to complete a turnaround at its underperforming theme park here, a task of crucial importance as the hurdles towards the opening of the mega resort in Shanghai. It's kind of one of my concerns when it got two of them so close overseas, you know, but, you know, it says an Iron Man thrill ride, photo pavilion and shopping area will open at Hong Kong Disneyland in late 2016. It's two years. Um, this is according to Stags. Iron, the Iron Man experience, which analysts say will cost at least $100 million, will be Disney's first ride based on Marvel. And then it talks about them buying it, blah, blah, blah. Um, basically what they're saying, that Disney Hong Kong has been criticized for its small size and it's locked in a heated competition with the nearby Ocean Park. Now I'd have to look up Ocean Park. I have no idea what uh, that's about. That's took Disney Sea, dude. Ocean Park? Is it Disney Sea? Like you oh, know, Disney the, Sea's in, in uh, Japan. This oh, is, okay, Hong Kong. Uh, sorry. Oh, you're thinking Disneyland, uh, uh, Hong Kong. Dis. Oh. <laughs> no, you got me screwed up. You're thinking Tokyo Disneyland. Yes. No, that's not underperforming at all. No, I know. So it says, Hong Kong Disneyland reported its first profit, a slim, slim $14 million this last year. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, For its last fiscal year, a signal that turnaround efforts, including a torrent of new rides and retooled marketing campaigns, are working. But the park remains a work in progress, and Disney needs to prove to itself and others that it can find the right success formula for Hong Kong as a prelude to the much bigger undertaking in Shanghai. Um, okay, the first thing I got to say is how old is Hong Kong? Uh, it's eight years old. Already? You asked and then you repeat it. Uh, I think you're trying to catch yes. us. Well, my point being is we've, we've talked about this before when we were uh, talking about Paris. When you're dealing with a resort like that, you're going to have to go five, six years or more before you're going to start seeing it going into black ink. It's going to be red ink for at least the first five years. Paris was the same way, um, although I wasn't around to see it. I'm sure World was in a similar fashion. Oh, no, World 
broke even right on its first year. Actually, I don't think it did, Richard. You don't don't they remember you were in the middle of a recession. They didn't open a lot of hotels because yeah. they didn't want to put their neighbors out of business. They right. remember right well, you, you struggled. It's not like they were failing, but they struggled for the first yeah, year. Yeah, but so and that's the that's the thing here. You know, they talk about the slim marginal profit. It's turning a profit. That's the key phrase. And it's only going to grow from here. I, I, I did see there was a news article that I have not read that was in the company's stuff, and I'm, but I'm sure it's a little bit rosier than what's being painted on this article here. But, you know, I, I just wanted to bring that up. Hong Kong is only eight years old. No, I, I agree with you because it's, you know, it's, again, kind of the way the Americans think very short-sighted is, oh, we need to make a profit. We, you know, like you say, Disneyland Paris, I think they sunk a billion dollars into that. You don't turn that over overnight. You know, that's going to take years. Uh, but what they might be looking at is, you know, have they turned – And I, okay, again, they talk about turning a profit. Okay, so what what does that really mean in the whole financial goal thing? Did they, did they need to make X amount a year to amortize their investment and make – you know, I don't know how they're calculating – what they consider a profit and uh, success. Now, granted, we know they did a big expansion here. Also, we know the park was opened pretty small, very similar to the original Disneyland. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, th I thought this was – it kind of annoyed me a little bit that they're looking at it this way. But um, they're saying that some economists – oh, see, I should back up. Disney says that its two Chinese parks will draw from different population bases. This has been a big question of mine. Much like its resorts in Florida and California do. We are confident that Hong Kong Disneyland and Shanghai Disneyland will be will complement and reinforce each other. But some economists agree uh, here agree, but Disney at the very least faces a local challenge. Hong Kong leaders are already feeling a bit insecure about the ascension of Shanghai as a financial capital do not want their Disneyland to be viewed as less than successful and are counting on it to help fuel tourism in the city. The Hong Kong government owns 52.44% of Hong Kong Disneyland, with Disney controlling the balance. And then it said Disney's 11 major parks worldwide uh, recorded 126.5 million visitors last year and delivered a profit of $1.9 billion. Nice. Thank you, Carl Sagan, with billions of dollars so i don't know i you know we I, there's only one well i guess the article keeps going i thought i was over the um we've only known i think we only know one person that's been to that park that's in our little say podcasting uh group of people i i know a few people that have worked he, over there he had good things to say about it other than being small and you know but again, you know, I when I look back at pictures of Disneyland when it opened or maps, you know, by today's standards, I wouldn't be impressed. But by putting yourself in 1955, when you only had like Coney Islands and, you know, Pikes and things like that, probably very impressive. But by today's standard, what we're used to, not sure I'd be that impressed. And that's where, how I see Hong Kong Disneyland looks very much like the original Disneyland. Except with the mountain, except with the mountain behind it, about yeah. the, behind the castle, yeah. That's kind that's, of interesting. That's a little odd, and you know the river's a little different and stuff. But uh, Main Street very much in the castle. It's like seeing you know our Disneyland. Uh, so I don't know. I I'm what hoping it will do well, but uh, I'm I really like some of the attractions they recently were getting. And one of the guys I work with, he spent a lot of time. He was over there during the opening of uh, Hong Kong. 
Uh, he works back here in California. He still does make regular trips out there, work-related trips out to Hong Kong. And I've asked him about it and uh, talked to him about it a couple times. And he says the big thing that Disney has to contend with in Hong Kong is similar to what we dealt with in Paris is the Disney concept, the brand, first the theme park, the whole concept is very new and very different to the Chinese culture. And they're still having, even to this day, five, six, eight years later, uh, they're still having an effort trying to get first the cast members to work out, you know, the whole Disney service model type deal. But they're also trying to get the guests that are coming in to visit to understand it's okay to come and play. You don't have to be so formal and a lot of the other things that are going on around there. So, similar to uh, some of the stories we heard about with Japan, too. Sorry about that. That I jumped on the uh, Ocean Park site to see what it is and like a lot of annoying websites, a video it's a, it's a, Yeah. It's... Um, but I wanted to see what kind of stuff they have. Now that I'm seeing this, this um, does seem familiar, like I may have checked this out before. Uh, and it seems, you know, it's, it's, uh, it seems like you'd be comparing Disneyland to a Six Flags, you know, extreme roller coasters. Um, those, you know, it's, it seems like more like that kind of park, though I see they have an Aqua City here. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mar Marine World looks like they got a lot of things mixed in this park. Um, maybe it's better to compare it to like a SeaWorld with uh, some huge roller coasters in it. <laughs> I found the other article. What? What were you going to say? SeaWorld with roller coasters in it. Nice. Well, because um, the SeaWorld down here, they've got some. They don't have a roller coaster. Yeah, they, they, don't they? Manta? Oh, they did add that roller coaster. Plus, they got the simulator, which I thought was really cool. Uh, the polar, polar bear thing, I think, was in. It's been a few years since I've been there. Uh, the other article was Marvel acquisition proving good synergy. And they're talking about the. Um, ABC's Marvel's Agents of Shield gets full season pickup. The drama domination, uh, the drama domination this fall continues with another pickup for a freshman hour-long series. ABC has given a back nine order to Marvel's Agents of Shield, bringing its first season to 22 episodes. The series premiered as TV's highest-rated and cut off. I don't know if of the year. And why is there no... Do you watch that show? You know, I've seen the first two episodes, and I almost didn't watch another one after the first one. But I thought, why not? Let's... Uh, really? Let's check it out. I am curious to figure out how... Um, uh, see, I don't even know his name. The main head... Coulson. Coulson. Agent you know, Coulson. How he lives. You know, is he a clone? Is, you know, is there some technology they've you know acquired to allow him to be living right well, now they, they, well, they paint some sort of mystery one, they paint some sort of mystery yeah. you know he said i re, you know i was re recuperating tahiti it's a magical place he keeps saying that yeah that and that, then the, i've just seen the second one when they're in south america getting that uh device from the uh temple there yes and and i i don't know what i guess i i love the chinese girl i liked her on um that hospital. E ER. ER, yeah. I think she, I'm not really an Asian type of guy, but she drives me crazy. Her and the one in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Those two, they, I just find, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, 
And she kicked ass too, which is very cool. But I don't know. It just, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., okay, fine, the agents, not the superheroes, but they make all these little offhand remarks towards... The Battle uh, of New York, working with with the Avengers. Yeah, working with the Avengers or working with uh, Captain America. All that's technology from Captain America to help the people who don't know anything about S.H.I.E.L.D. and their connections. Um uh, oh, back here, the, the, I found a continuation. It says, the series premiered as TV's highest-rated drama debut in nearly four years. And while it has slipped in week two and week three, it still ranks as the number one new show of 2013-14, which is good because, quite frankly, ABC is in the toilet for good TV right now. I agree. We abandoned Once Upon a Time. It was getting too tedious. Well, and I, I, I abandoned it like episode one. I know you guys in the, the, uh, Jeff's podcast. Um, what were, what was he? He had a podcast for once about a time, and I think even on the hub, we tried to give a little update or something. Yeah, because it was it was pretty fun. But I don't know. We I watched I, the whole season, and then at the end of the season, we're like, ugh. But now they've got this spinoff, right? Yes. Why do I hear talking? Uh, it's it's. Sorry. Is it Pandora? No, Spotify. Throwing commercials. Just can you bring it all the way down, so we don't have to deal with it anymore? I just did. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So you know, it is what it is. uh, Richard, do you watch Agents of Shield? Yes, I do. Do you enjoy it? Yes, I do. So do I. The other thing that uh, you know, we're talking about how they make references to the past stories with the past movies and everything. That's one thing that in an interview with. Whedon. Whedon, thank you. No, no, Josh, Josh Whedon, yes. Thank you. Um, he says that one of the plans in the, in the, with the television show is as we get into Thor Dark World coming up in the next few weeks here, they will make an occasional reference to that, to the new movie coming up and then the past, the little extra synergy. When we go into Captain America next year uh, with the Winter Warrior, They'll be making references to that now and then, just throwing in those little extra movie references coming in here and there to keep the uh, television show topical to the time period that they're keeping up with as far as the movies, but also to add that little extra synergy between TV show and movies. Well, that makes that makes good sense, I, th- I think, to do that. I'll get people it, to tune in. Yeah, it just hasn't... You know, I've been watching Sleepy Hollow... And blacklist, which I think are are excellent. Uh, I've been watching both of those too. We gave we gave Sleepy Hollow a chance. What's what's cracking me up about Sleepy Hollow is all his references to like the high taxes, and we revolted for less than this. And yeah, you know, <laughs> I can't help but uh, let that stuff just uh, you know keep me going. But I am actually not finding a whole lot on TV on, on network TV to watch. I, I'm finding most of my entertainment on other channels. But I, I I think Shield maybe has potential for me. I don't know. It's just it didn't grab me like I expected it to. But I did like the little cameo by Fury at the end of uh, episode two. Yeah, that was cool. With so. the with the tore up airplane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. That that airplane's pretty cool. And his car and all that. But you know, let's not get Two out there is a little flying. I love Corvettes. Don't get me wrong, but you know you are not Doc Brown. Oh yeah, uh, it's flying Corvette. Ugh. You know, I hope there's no Mister Fusion that comes out of the back of that eventually. As long as they don't get too crazy, I guess um, 
it might be okay. I don't know. I I, I don't know what I was expecting. It just well, grabbed me like you know, I thought it would. We're we're talking about a storyline that has a flying aircraft carrier. What's crazy? And in fact, that was invisible a, that flying was, aircraft carrier. Yeah, that was a comment that was made. I think it was in episode two, uh, near the beginning. Okay, was that in was, episode three? Because I haven't seen that yet. No, there's a off the cuff comment where, uh, what's uh, what's my who's it? The uh, girl. Well, there's like three girls on this show. It's the one that. The hacker girl, Sky. The hacker. Yeah, the hacks. Yeah, Sky is brought in. She's talking about how nice the plane is. And he goes, "Yeah, this was supposed to be the headquarters. Then they get a flying aircraft carrier. Oh. So go figure." Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But um, like I say, I, I I think it's got potential possibly um we'll see but as, as i'm glad to see that uh you know my stocks are you know not getting ripped as much <laughs> they've got some good tv going because i mean mm-hmm. one of their highest rated shows isn't even there so i mean they make money because it's on their network but they don't make it uh modern family so which this episode i mean this season's going to be all about gay marriage yeah you know, they can't just have one episode. Hey, we can get married. Let's get married. It's literally every week is like a progression of, you know. It's, uh, that, but it's funny because the the baby. She's <laughs> hilarious. No, not the talking. The the baby baby. Oh, full hen, full hensio. Burping and making funny noises. Every oh, yeah. every time they says it, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes, that was, that was awesome. That was funny. Which I yeah find funny, but th- that show I don't think is is let off at all. I think it's uh, it's still funny for me. But anyways, uh, so some good news for Disney and its uh, shareholders and ABC. Because, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, I'd heard, well, this may not be public knowledge. I'll tell you guys later. Okay. Um, but not all studios are doing well. And, you know, there are layoffs and, and some here and there. So it, it's nice to hear that uh, Disney is is performing well. All right. Well, um, you know, we had uh, over unders for last time that we never used. Let's do it then. We've got we haven't been on that long. Yeah. No, we got the yeah uh, only forty eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. So so you know when we first came back we tried to remember we, we wanted to keep them to an hour. <laughs> yeah. What's this? We're a third of the way through oh, the show. Rocky. Yeah. We're not gonna do. It. Come on. All right. So I'm gonna start rolling through these. And then I don't have answers. The answers are like separate. So we'll do the questions and then we'll burn through. Oh, some of them. Okay. Anyway, here we go. Question number one is a pick them. Uh, congratulations. You have just won an all expense paid trip to the Disney destination of your choosing. Stipulations. You can't pick your local park because that would be dumb. Yes, I agree. If you stay stateside, your vacation is 10 days. If you go abroad, you get three days. <laughs> what? That's so backwards. I know. I, I'm thinking he's making a point here. I don't know what it is. Pick your park and give a short synopsis of why you made your choice. I, I guess he should say pick your resort, though. Uh, well, yeah, that would be. I mean, accurate. I'm not going ten days to the Magic Kingdom. That would drive me nuts. Yeah. Correct. All right, Shaft, Tonto, Gerard. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go for the ten days. I'm going to Florida. Uh, Obvious, 10 days, uh, a lot of stuff to do in the bubble, that much extra time in the bubble. Be nice to see the other places. I just feel like I would be, wouldn't have the time I'd really want to spend around there. Wait, what do you mean by the other places? I'd like to go see Paris. I'd like to go see Tokyo. Oh, okay. I thought you meant things outside the bubble in Florida. Yeah, it's not like no, that's what you meant. I'm, 
I would probably go to other places outside the bubble while I'm there. But like, the thing is, is 10 days with the uh, parks and the uh, water parks over there. I have yet to hit any of the water parks over there. Yeah, those are very cool. So, um, I, you know, I could go use the time on that. Uh, three days in Paris, I don't know. Uh, let me throw it over to Mike. Mike, is three days enough for you? You spent one day there. Three days. I, I think you can get a good feel for Paris in three days. The, the problem with doing a, a, going abroad for three days, you have 15-hour airplane ride at the, each well, end see, of that, which is – There a, was my question. Is, is that three days at your location or is that including travel? Because you really get one day – I'm going to include three days at your location because you're adjusting the, the you're, you're clarifying his uh, for me for my purpose. Okay, <laughs> because dude, it's no no flying I, 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 flying what? that way you you lose a whole day. Yeah. Um. Since I'm since I've already picked it up, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stay stateside too. I'd rather have the longer time, less time on airplanes. And then fully use the extra days to go visit places like Universal, which I have never seen. Take two days to go see KSC because the one day I was there, I missed like, I think, easily a third of it. I really, I don't think you really, I think one day's pretty good. I don't know if I could do two full days, and we saw pretty much everything, but. Um, oh, we missed. There's a whole a whole section that we never got to see, and now they got the well, the space shuttle display simulator. there. No, not the simulator. We we went on the simulator, but the the, the, display, the yeah. Atlantis well, display. There's that, and I remember there's the when I went with my family the last time we were at KSC, we went through the whole present day KSC tour. But when Greg and I went years ago, they had a separate tour that was the old Cape Canaveral Air Force Base. Yeah, they didn't do, they don't do some of those things. I, cause I looked for that too, cause when I was a kid, there was, you know, a couple of different tours when you and I were there, which are, there were a couple of different tours. If I remember right, there was just one tour, but there's also a museum across the street when you come out. Um, an astronaut museum, yeah. yeah. Which was cool. So my son and I did both of those in a day, and I don't feel like we missed anything. You know, we took the bus tour. We took plenty of time out at the one stop where they've got the observation tower with the rocket engine in it where you can see the launch pad for the shuttles. Um, the only thing they didn't do, and I don't – See, you probably didn't stop at the vehicle assembly building. You know, they, they did not – I've been in it. I was in it. Uh, back when I went with Richard and when I went with, uh, you know, my mom. No, no we, we didn't oh, did go it, to the vehicle assembly building when do, we went. I did do it in 75. Uh, and I don't know why it wasn't open to us. Uh, I'll tell you exactly why it wasn't open to you. Oh, wait. It had just been the hurricane. There was pieces of the building falling off they were replacing. But tell me why. Because they're when they're actively using it for launching spacecraft, they, they didn't take it. Give any tours? Well, that makes sense. I was going to thought we were going to say the sequester, but that no, was- no, no. Because when we were in there, they said they just started going tours because the space shuttle program has been canceled. But as long as the shuttle program was running, they weren't allowing anybody in the vehicle assembly building. Well, let me think about that for a second. Nineteen seventy-five. Were we still launching anything? No, Apollo was done, and we were getting set up. Soyuz, right? Was, when was Soyuz? Was in that time period. Oh, I see. Now, now uh, I'm going to pop onto the wiki because, you know. I yeah, know. I want to say Soyuz APO. was like 78, Apollo 77, Soyuz. 78. It would have been act, an active program with rockets. Not oh, wait, wait. No, Soyuz was uh, during uh, Ford. Ju- July of 75. 
75, yeah. Yeah, we were there in... Um, Launch date in, July 75, landing July 24th. When were we there? But the command CSM, I'm trying to see, was it launched? But, it was launched from yeah. 39B. Yeah. When Greg and I were there, we took the... Uh, he, he had already been through the KSC tour back in 75, so we took the Cape Canaveral tour going through the old Air Force Base, which I still find that... I think I think I still find that a little bit more fascinating because of the history of it all. I was going to say we they took us to the place where they had all those little, uh, you know, rockets and uh, this this like display we stopped at that had what's they had rockets, it had uh, like cruise missiles, all kinds of different things. Yeah, and on the one when when Vincent and I was there, I don't remember there being a bunch of different tours, but you know you do go out to this cool building where they got a Saturn V hanging in there. Um, uh, you had to take a bus there. You had to get off. You could eat while you were there. Then you had to get wait for a bus to to get that back. That was home. Apollo seventeen or eighteen, right? Something like that. It was the Apollo eighteen uh, vehicle? Well, hey, yeah. I saw that movie. Apollo eighteen <laughs> made it. They just kept it in a hidden. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that's you know uh, when that, I know what I building you're that. talking about. I, I had okay. I, going on a side note, you know, you keep talking about uh, paranormal experience. I got creeped out in Apollo 18. That was just a little. Did you see it in the theater or did you see it at home? I saw that one at home. You got creeped out at home. I got creeped out at home with that one. Did you turn off the lights or were the lights on? Uh, all the lights were off and it was at night. Okay, at least you had a, a, a halfway decent experience to see it. I did not creep out at all, but you know, when you try to make those kind of films. Do it with nobody actors. Not people <laughs> know. They might give it a little bit of. You scratch your head for a little longer, but when it's a you know it's a well-known actor, um, it doesn't quite work. Like first paranormal activity, nobody knew who they were. Second one, you had a well-known actress in it. And it's called stunt casting. I know that and you want people to go, but the whole thing is you're trying to make it feel realistic and you're trying to sell the experience. But anyways, um, I f- kind of felt like I was going to Universal Studios. You get off your tram. Yeah. Uh, okay, you know, so makes you kind of wonder where. Um... Where uh, they kind of got some of their influence to set the thing up. Yeah, who yeah. knows? But you know, it's it's it is kind of remote out there. You know, where that uh, see, I'm trying to think. Was that close to one of the old uh, mission controls or the? Uh... No, but they recreated a mission control in there. Remember, you get off the bus right. and you go into Apollo Eight launch, right? Because I think Richard remind me. I because I'm mixing up the one I went with my brother and my mom uh, after my dad died in Richard's one. We went to. The you know like when you watch um, um, the right stuff. Thank you, Richard. The right <laughs> stuff. You know, exactly what I'm talking about. You, you know you see that little bunker and the guy's gonna push his red button and like does it work? Yeah. We we when we were there at the old uh, Cape Canaveral tour, they took us to the original mission control that they had built for the Mercury program, and we were sitting there. It, you had we were in the. We went into the firing box, which was the bunker right there next to the launch pad, which is amazingly close. And then Mission Control was like about a mile and a half away, which was set up as another bunker. But we actually got to sit in the, when you see the right stuff and you see that room that the Werner Von Braun character is in and whatnot, where they're watching the little uh, light going around there. That was the room we, we were walking around in and it was just interesting looking at all the mechanical dials and everything else that was trying to keep track of the space, the spacecraft. I want to say we were in, you know, the, um, 
the on-site control room for uh, the Saturn or the uh, Apollo program too. But like I say, I'm mixing some of this stuff up. It's been so long. But anyways, it's a good tour. Okay, so yes, you're going to go 10 days stateside. This is a hard question because like, yeah, if I get three days on-site, I could go to Tokyo, do both those parks, but I hear it's pretty crowded. Hong Kong, I don't think I'd want to spend three days, maybe two there. I'd really, really want to see Paris, but not so much the studio there, other than pop it in for one thing, maybe. Actually, I think I'm going to have to say Florida, too, because I would rather do the overseas park with a larger trip that involves other things. So if I'm just going over there for three days, um, you know, I'll take my Disney World because I will go other places like I've done before, like St. Augustine or out to the Cape or, you know, something of that nature um universal which i've done but i haven't i haven't been there since harry potter you know so yeah i think i'd, I'd go stateside okay I know that's probably i bet some people would be surprised by all of our um staying stateside but i, th- I think this time I've, I've it's just not enough time you know who wants to be in paris and not at least get into paris you're spending three you know what i'm saying it's just not enough time i agree no that 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 uh, time frame is too short. All right, so question two, over under, know your Disneyland history. <laughs> Disneyland saw its 50 millionth guest in 1965, 10 years after the park opened. Over under, seven. How many years to reach the 100 millionth guest? 100 millionth. And I'm going to assume that's how many, seven years, uh, over under seven years after. I want to say that when they had that big ticket machine thing, that was like 250 million. Wasn't it? I'm trying to remember. When we worked there, yeah, I was way up there, 300 and something. Hey, I'm going to say 75, 10 years later. Okay. Richard? I'm trying to think. Um, Don't hurt yourself. So you're saying over, right? Uh, over seven. Okay. I'm going to say under seven. I want to say 71 or 72. Oh, okay. I was going to go. I'm going to go under as well. And the answer is 1971. Wow. Bonus history. It took only seven more years before the park had visitor number 200 million in 1981. So I think you're right, Greg. When we were there, it was 250. Good job, you guys. Good job. All right. Question three, over under. 20 years. How long did it take until Disneyland offered an Orange County resident discount? <laughs> 20, over or under 20 years. So 70, 75 before or after that, huh? God, I'm trying to remember. I remember, you know, the, the magic... Kingdom Club, but well, the Magic Kingdom Club and keys of the the where where you could buy they were still selling ticket books, but you could buy a one day, you know, you know all access all, all ride pass. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's the passport. That's what it, it was first called. The passport. the passport. Yeah, but that wasn't necessarily special to Orange County people. Or yeah, that that was in '82 that started up. I'm gonna say over. I have no idea, so I'm going to go with over. I initially want. I'm trying to think. 
I want to say over because we had our $20 days. That was, well, you knocked that off. <laughs> our $20 days were, um, when was it? That was eighty nine ninety. Yeah, I was working there for those. Yeah. And I want to say that was, but I seem to think there was an Anaheim resident ticket that was back in the 60s. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. All right, let's see. 27 years after opening, Disneyland offered the first Orange County resident discount in July of 1982, a month after discontinuing the sale of individual ticket books. Hmm. Anyone know how much a ticket costs in 1982? That's a bonus question. Okay, wait, wait. Uh, was it a ticket book or a single ticket? Just as a ticket, so I'm going to go with single ticket. Single ticket. 1982. I'm going to say seven bucks. Two dollars. Doesn't, doesn't have the answer. Oh. Does anyone know how much bonus question? Anyone know how much ticket? I want to say it's like in the five dollar range. I thought at that point. I think it was two dollars. No, no, just for a single ticket to walk in. Yeah, no, it had to be more. Hey, what's nineteen eighty two? Eighty two. Disneyland. Okay. Good price. Question four. Over under. Over under ten years. How long after opening in nineteen fifty five before the first death was attributed to Disneyland attraction? Wait, okay. Uh, how, what's the over under? Ten. Under. Yeah, I know what it is, Richard. Okay, for uh, over under ten. Yes. Thinking. So under. We're all trying to think. Of, <laughs> we're all going with under. We'll be. I'll be sad if it's over. Under nine years. Yeah, May of sixty four. Yep. Oh, what wait. was it? No, no. Okay, I'm thinking of something else. Under nine years, May of 50, 1964, 15-year-old boy suffered critical injuries when he fell out of a Matterhorn bobsled. He died in the hospital three days later. Okay. And I thought for sure it was going to be the uh, Circle Vision girl getting squished. Oh, no, that that would have been a little later. That was 74, 75. Was it? No, but it was, bef- it was during... It wasn't for... Uh, it was when they first opened up America. Not Sings. America Sings. It was still Carousel Progress. No, no, it was America Sings. Oh, because that's right. It changed direction. She got confused. changed directions. Yeah, okay, right. That's right. All right. Well, I, I found um, I found a Disney World price, like an Epcot Center or Magic Kingdom price for that time. And I doubt if Disneyland's prices were too far off uh, at the time. So, Epcot Center, nineteen eighty two. Was nine twenty five to nine fifty for an adult juniors a, a a ticket? I think they really really should bring back a junior ticket. It was eight twenty five to eight fifty, and a child was seven twenty five to seven fifty. I really really highly suggest Disney brings back the junior ticket. It's just unfair for a child of like three to pay. No, a three-year-old doesn't pay full price. Three, three to a... Yeah, anything over three now. No, There's, no. Child is up to 11. Three, okay, well, or they, three to nine, or three to ten. Oh, shit. Three to ten, I believe. I but they do have... Uh, yeah, they had child, junior, and adult prices. But the price is still way too high for a three-year-old who can't... Go on everything? Out of the rides, you know. All right. Let's move I on. I found an answer, but I'm not sure if it's the correct one. But for what? How much is the price in '82? What? What'd you find? 
I found two fifty. Hmm. <laughs> no way that Epcot was. No Disneyland, not Epcot. No, I know. I'm saying that those were the Epcot prices. There's no way that 1982 here 1982 one day park admission twelve dollars. According that's to, with tickets. According to admission prices over time, the Disneyland Scoop website. It's that's a, what I'm looking at right now too. One day one park admission, 1982 twelve dollars. No tickets. Or is that with the ticket book? No, it says one day. One park admission. Well, what do you mean one park? There's only one no. park in Anaheim at that time. Yeah, that's a, that's a no. passport. Wait a second. Yeah, so what? It, they'd already... It said 1982 Disney dropped the idea for individual ride tickets. So this is a one park, you know, meaning... Because remember, you still had to tear off that admission, or I think they took like an admission thing, you know, so you couldn't use we're it. Talking so. about, we're talking about just admission into the park without any tickets added to it. No, we weren't. Yes, Anyone we know were. how much a ticket costs? A ticket costs. They didn't have general... Once they got rid of the ticket books, there was no general admission. Uh, I, I, okay, so again, thanks to the intern's incredible skill at writing questions, we have no idea if he means the he, full... He was, and you know what's funny about that? You know what his, his, how he makes a living? Yeah, he's a journalist. <laughs> I know it's funny, but... Yeah. <laughs> but again... Um, once they got rid of the multi-day or the multi-ticket. Yeah, yeah, no ticket books. They switched right. to general admission went away, and it was one right. price, one one I, thing to get it. I don't it. know how long I heard my mother bitch and moan about that because she Likes liked. Just going and people watch her. Yeah, but my understanding of the question was before we went to the passports. How much was a ticket? Yeah, I read it that How way too. How much was a ticket just to go into the park, no rides included? I did not even. I'm with Richard. I I read it that way. And I want to say it was like $5. That's my distress. All right, let's move on. Question five. Read it again. I wanted to hear it. Oh, sorry. Missed it. Uh, so I'll read the whole. Do you want the question or just the answer? The Okay, Okay. so the answer was over. 27 years after opening, Disneyland offered the first Orange County resident discount in July of 1982, a month after discontinuing the sale of individual ticket books. Bonus question. And you know how much a ticket costs in 82? Yeah, it costs $12. In the second half of 82, how about the first half of 82? It just said in 1982... Okay, so again, like I said, I'm attributing it to the crappy question writing... That's for a pass to go on all the rides. Okay, so if I in February of eighty two, how much did it cost me to get into Disneyland? Well, he's asking when did they when did they have discounts and then how much I is paid in the park? Well, I I, I don't. I, I, you're you're okay. You're reading it different and hearing it different than I am. Okay. So, Again, right. let's move on. Question five over under. Damn intern. Ow. Over under five hundred. <laughs> How many audio animatronic performers does Disneyland claim to have in the park as of its 50th anniversary? Disneyland? <laughs> yes. As of the 50th anniversary. Disneyland yes. Park. Yes. Under. Yeah, it's under. Is this an over-under? Yes. What's the number? 500. I'm going to go over. Do you think he's counting Small World? Yeah, every single one. All right, well, let's find out. I, I look at those 
not necessarily you know there's remember we've had those hot heated debates about what's truly an audio animatronic and what yes. simply is a mechanical moving uh, a cycle, you know, cycle. A, something that gets cycles up goes back and forth yeah like uh jungle cruise yeah <laughs> those are <laughs> like the elephants i would consider animatronic but the tiger no yeah. the hippos no, no. <laughs> they just wiggle uh, their ears uh they uh <laughs> The guy's doing the pee-pee dance? No. No. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely not. The answer is over 650. 650. Oh. Source, Disneyland, now, then, and forever. Only 650. Name them all. <laughs> yeah. Qu- question six, over, under. Eight. You know, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 850. How many feet does Tink fly over Fanceland during fireworks at night? Uh, okay, see. How many feet does he... That's... What, what, was, what was the... Uh... Start from the beginning. What's the over under? Eight fifty. Eight hundred fifty feet. Yeah, I think this is distance. Again, the fine because non vague question. Yeah, it's uh, height under. Yeah. Distance. Over. Over probably yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to go under. And, and he doesn't say which park either, so. Yeah, that's a big one there. Well, you know, there was a time when Tinkerbell did not fly over the Magic Kingdom. Oh, really? Copycat Disneyland? And then, and no, then, it was the Blue Fairy. Oh, that's true. True, Blue Fairy. And then, and um, and now, you know, she goes back and forth a bunch of times. So, you know, does that all add up? I mean, adding that footage, yeah, nice. Oh, here we go. Seven hundred eighty-four. So it's under. As of the 50th anniversary, according to Disneyland, then now and forever. And that was the last one. If you can trust those guys. Yeah, that's true. See, these are fun. This this brings out a good, fun conversation, but we shouldn't spend half of it trying to figure out what he means in his freaking questions. Well, we're getting exactly what we're paying for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so. All righty. So is there anything else you wanted to cover? No, I think... Uh... I think we're good. All right. So then let me. Uh, okay. You're totally wrong about the ticket thing. I think you're reading into it, but. You know, that's just me. Well, he's not here to tell us, right? No, I know. That, that's what, even more infuriating. We should, we should have the intern on the show one night and have him do these. Yeah, that would be awesome. Grill him about the way he uh, wrote them and asked them. Uh, All right. So now here we go. Do you think you can get it done? Can you do a wrap up in 40 seconds? I believe so. All right. Well, here you go. Any last any last words before we call it quits? No, no. Right. Unless you know people want to donate to uh, PayPal to buy me an annual pass. Okay. If all the yeah. other guys can do that crap, why not me? There's a plug for to get Greg back into Disneyland. And then I guess that'll be a fine way to end our show this evening. On behalf of my colleagues. Okay, great. What was that? I don't know. A lot of static. Who, who's, that com- who's that coming from? Not me, I don't think. Shaft? It's not me. It sounds like it's... my microphone. Oh, I think it's my uh, XLR cable. Why, did you just bump something? No, I moved, you know, that's what I get for buying it at Radio Shack. Stop it. I, well, I'm trying to. Let's, let's wrap it up, and you won't hear it. Radio Shack has great crap at crappy prices. That's right. Monoprice, dude. Monoprice. There you go. Let's finish it up. Well, well see, now i got to start the frigging thing over again because, you, you know. Stop it. You could have just said bye.
Oh, but then that kills our... Uh, the synergy? Oh, our professionalism. Oh. Because <laughs> we've got, we got loads of that. Yeah. All right. Here, let's try this again. Now you're coming back. There it goes. All right. Well, I'll pull you down next time. Okay. All right. As I was about to say, on behalf of uh, my colleagues, uh, thank you for tuning in, and I'm going to say goodnight. Good night. Good night.